This is episode 53. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. We're back with part two of our conversation with seven of the eight members of the IST, the incident support team that Cal OES recently deployed to Hurricane Florence response assistance in South Carolina. In the studio with me are Megan Pappas, Mike Warren, Ron Williams, Anthony Zimmer, Mark Ackerman, Andy Langoff, and Carly Landry. In this episode, a surprise exercise, a surprise exercise, pop quiz in the middle of a real disaster response, code word, Academy. Can you believe it? And yes, math is important. They'll explain how it helped them. And this IST gives us their takeaways, plus one or two very important travel tips. All that and more, right now. You had a surprise exercise. We had a surprise exercise, all right. Um, surprise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mark, you're smiling. This has something to do with you? So no. Mark was at the staging area in, in Florence. Um, they, they were at a kind of like a quote-unquote standstill, just ready for any type of request that came in. So to kind of like, you know, keep truckers awake, you know, they decide, hey, let's put on the surprise exercise. Me, Megan, and Mike, we were sent down to the staging area with no knowledge. As soon as we got there, here comes Mark. Surprise exercise. Your mission, set up the staging area, designate roles. You got 10 trucks coming in in an hour. And all, all of a sudden, here we are in this in this environment. We had to set up a staging area. It's one of those things where we had no idea what to do, but we had to improvise on what we've kind of been taught and to see if we were paying attention. And we did. You know, We started setting up our, our, our staging area, designating roles. Uh, Megan had some experience with check-in, check-out at the FEMA staging area, so she kind of helped with that. Uh, Mike's been tracking all of our commodities, so he was assisting in that as far as emails that would come in for exercise mission requests. And then all of a sudden, trucks start rolling in. And they are rolling in with, you know, everyday incidents that can happen. A truck broke down in one of our lanes. What do we do? You know, it's and now we're kind of tr- talking to our Eschies guys. What are our options? There's a forklift there. We can push this guy out of the way, call a mechanic to come fix his truck. Um, he was, there was in an area where we can move his truck, but we couldn't move the trailer. What do we do in there? We had to set up a, uh, a separate lane for trucks to go around and come in so they could be checked. And then there was an incident where uh, a truck didn't have a bill of lading. We had no idea what was in his trailer, what's the procedure there, kind of trying to imp- improvise because these are things that can actually happen at a staging area. And, you know, more and more trucks could be coming in at the same time. So it was an exercise that was a surprise, but it really gave us that real world experience of being in the field in my in my opinion so you're out there and mark you asked them to to set this this uh area up so just so i understand that i'm envisioning this the right way they physically had to set this up but then the trucks that were coming in were theoretical no okay explain visualize a piece of pavement it's a quarter mile long and 
150 feet wide. Okay. We've got pylons set up, and that establishes your in-gate, and you have a check-in station, and on the other side, you've got an out-gate. Take all the pylons and all the signs and stack them on a pile. So when the exercisees arrive, set up your stuff. And being how we had 84 truckloads of commodities and 15 truck tractors, simulating things became very real. Mm-hmm. And when they were on their way down, they had a meeting with the folks in the staging area, the operators as well as Estes management, and they were game. Oh. They said, absolutely, yes. So everything was staged, and almost every bad thing that's ever happened to me in a staging area <laughs> happened to them in a the morning. And they did very well because it's really not rocket science. If somebody's clogging your gate, unclog that now. Yeah. And how do you Whatever do it? mechanism needs to be. Drag them out of the way, pick them up, whatever the case may be. Hmm. They did a fine job, by the way. Good to hear. That was a day or two before we were going to demobilize. And the overall goal in that, and we've done this with past operations in the state of California, and the overall goal of the Logistics Management director, Directorate is to build capabilities, train others. Because if we have a catastrophic event, whether it's an earthquake in L.A., San Francisco, or Cascadia, we need to have people trained on what to do when we may have multiple state staging areas. So building capabilities has always been and will continue to be the priority. And anybody that's listening to this and wants to be involved with logistics, we will gladly um, try to insert them in the field. Because as Mark said, it's not meant for everybody, especially when you're in Redding, you're operating on dirt and it's 115 degrees out and you're wearing a black shirt and tactical pants. Yeah. And it's dusty. So it's a very austere environment. Yeah. Well, I like the idea of uh, training and exercising during a real event. You've got a little bit of time to do it. Why not? It's the best place to, to get the hands-on training. We code word is academy, by the way. Academy. The academy. Mm-hmm. Stationary academy. I like that. And I will touch on just a few other things that we actually set up. And everybody on the team contributed. Um the South Carolina National Guard was going to conduct air operation, air operations, which meant landing at the state staging area in Florence, where two team members were, Mark and Carly, and airlifting commodities out of there. What happens in state staging areas is sometimes things show up because there's been a communication breakdown, and what showed up was four ambulances, two buses that could move patients away from the area to a shelter, uh, the American Red Cross eventually showed up with two truck full of uh, comfort kits. So, yeah, that was referred to as the lily pad operation. So we provided the guard with all the dynamics. Uh, we secured eye and ear protection. Um, there are strict safety rules if you're going to be operating near um, aircraft that are actually functioning. It's called hot load. Mm. Um, we didn't anticipate hot-loading aircraft, and we would require that the guard have people on the ground to do that. We'd actually have a stop point on the ground where we would stop. But then the other operation would be a cold load where they'd actually shut down the aircraft. But as you know, that's labor-intensive time and costs more money. So the way around the hot load is we bring the commodities to what I refer to as a drop zone on the deck. Unload the truck, unwrap the cellophane and shrink wrap because you're going to create a lot of litter 
in a wind environment, you don't want it. And then DOD elements, you come to the commodities and you load your helicopters because y'all been trained doing that and our staff have not. So we'll stay on our side of the line. You do your thing on your side. And that way we avoid accident and injury. Absolutely. So real quick here, before we start to wrap this up, is there anything else that you really want to make sure that you mention about this deployment before we start the wrap-up process? I've been an EOC, you know, SOC kind mm-hmm. of person most of my career. So when I see these people out at state staging, I had no idea exactly what they're doing. Right. And now I have that big picture, exactly what they do, how they do it, some of their needs. So I feel that this experience is going to allow me to be better support what they're doing and better understand what their needs are and hopefully work much better with our logistical staff here in the SOC so we can better coordinate the deployment of those resources. Anthony? You know, I'm surprised that nobody really dived into this amazing tracking spreadsheet that Mike created. Because in the beginning, we had a hard time kind of calculating their commodities because, you know, when it comes to water, we're going off of how many liters of water we have, and we serve them in liters. So one liter would be one bottle. And they're saying, well, we have pallets and trailer loads. And we're like, okay, well, what's on a pallet? Because not every manufacturer pallets it the same way. Mike spent a lot of time with Lewisburger and uh, Estes and the warehouse management to kind of calculate everything and make it. He made a spreadsheet that I'm sure he'd be more than happy to dive into about. So you're talking about, okay, so if you got this trucking company, a pallet equals this. And this other trucking company, trucking company B, has a pallet that is equal to this. So different manufacturers, different manufacturers palletize their commodities in different fashions. How about this? But 12-ounce bottle versus a 16-ounce bottle. How many liters of water on that pallet? Yeah, who knows? And then the load, water is the heaviest load you can carry. So planning factors become very important, and we establish planning assumptions. For example, in a 53-foot trailer, you can have 18 pallets of water, and we assume that there would be 900 liters per pallet. In a 53-foot trailer, what about a 48? What about 240s called pups? And let's talk about meals. How many position, power positions in a 53-foot trailer? Answer? 48. Double stacked. Double stacking. Ooh, new planning factor. So you have power position. This power's 48 by 40. So that you put 24 of those in a trailer on the floor. Now throw another 24 on the top. You can't double stack heavy loads, just light loads. And this is all important because these are life-sustaining products, right? That's what we're talking about here. Right. Yes. We were trying to set up, we provide enough resources to support 5,000 people per day at each pod. How many truckloads is that? How many pallets is that? How many bottles of water? How many MREs? And so we basically took some planning standards that we started off with, the marked walk-in, three liters of water per person per day, and two meals per person per day. And we want to provide enough resources for three days for each person that comes in there. How do you do that? Right. And by the way, kids who may be listening, this is why math is important. Okay? <laughs> yes, it is. Pay attention in class. This is why math is important. Go ahead, Ron. It is because the numbers we were providing were going directly to the director of the South Carolina Emergency Management Division, who briefs the governor, who then immediately conducts a live 
press conference jointly with FEMA, the federal coordinating officer, um, the adjutant for the guard. And so that's why having accurate numbers are extremely important. Mm -hmm. All right. So I want to know from each of you, if possible, uh, what's your takeaway from this experience? It can be anything. What do you take away, Mike, from this experience? Um, the thing I took away from this is we had a bunch of people that really did not know logistics with just a couple of people that really know logistics. And um, we all kind of came together and were really open and willing to learn. And so we just had to be open ourselves up. I'm an ops guy. I don't know logistics. They threw me in a logistics role. You know, take the ops hat off, put on that logistics hat and say, tell me what you need. And uh, happy to do so. Good. You know, this, uh, so flexibility, I think, is the, the most important thing that, that we had going in this team. People were really willing to, to step up. Good. I have to agree with him because I'm a plans person. And me, um, in the beginning of this, I was the person that actually put in our offer for this team to go, meaning when South Carolina said they needed a team, we worked with accounting, uh, which did an amazing job with us. We worked with um, our budget office, uh, Mary Rucker, that helped us with all of our um, salaries. We submitted our offer, and I was working directly with Guy, which was uh, from South Carolina Emergency Management, and that's who we reported to. So I was working with him beforehand to kind of know what the specs are, what they're looking for, and he asked for an ops person and a plans person, and getting there, those components were nice, but it was really a logistical push. So having that subject matter expertise there to kind of help us and having having everybody just say, just put me, just put me in coach, put me to work and I'm ready to learn. That was really a great team environment. So Carly, what about you? What about some of your takeaways? Is there anything significant that stands out in your mind that you know that you'll never forget? Well, um, other than the fact that I had dreams of um, which one was one side was state and one side was federal. I kept dreaming over and over. It was super funny that um, like just putting trucks on one side <laughs> and then federal trucks on the other side of the staging area. But um, I'd say one of the biggest takeaways is um, just remaining flexible and remaining, you know, being able to handle anything that's kind of thrown um, thrown away and having a team it makes it so much easier to adapt to that, especially with, I mean, we had, we all have our own personalities and characteristics that are, um, that are unique. Um, but I think that we, what we did really well is that we took anything that was, that was thrown at us and we, it was kind of, we each had our own individual, um, strengths. And, um, I think that Ron and Mark did a great job to, um, assigning, those various tasks to us kind of looking at seeing wh whose whose strengths were um were in what areas and kind of just assigning that but i think that overall i'm um, just coming together in the camaraderie that we had was um was definitely worth everything oh and did not bring more luggage than you can carry <laughs> yeah that's so, a good takeaway oh that's a 100 percent yes so going to puerto rico um i knew only to bring as much as I could carry because when we got there, we had no electricity, no water, no anything. And I had to walk up four flights of stairs. Luckily, only four. Philip and Dana had to walk up 10 flights of stairs. Oh, man. But I'm waiting for the, one of the things that we did um, when we before we left was we created a buddy system. And so Carly was my buddy. And um, she was still on the tram coming into the Sacramento airport and... So I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for her. Everyone else has already gone through security. I said, well, I'm not leaving you. You're my buddy and, and I'm going to help you. Well, I see her getting off of the, the tram and she's got 
suitcase after suitcase after oh, suitcase. No. And I'm thinking, what is she bringing? Oh, my gosh. But, I mean, she has her go kit, her laptop case, a couple uh. of suitcases. And, I mean, takeaway. Don't bring more than what you can carry. Oh, I needed some extra arms. Let's just put it that way. I feel like, uh, you know what? There are people in my office who would say the same thing about me. Mm-hmm. But uh, early on, though, I learned that you've got to come prepared. Right? Up next, more takeaways, especially one from someone who's been deployed 40 times. And the Podettes, the superstars from Sacktown, not Motown. Oh, yeah. And uh, you're going to hear the story about someone who could have been arrested if a joke had gone further south. Let's get back into it. So I've always done logistics within the SOC. You know, so as far from a planning perspective, you can always go into a situation and try to, you know, game plan the best you can. But, you know, at the same time, you you got to be ready to adapt to for what the situation is. I've never done any type of mapping before, and I learned how to do it on the spot, and it really came in handy. All right, Mark, so you're, this is your, what, 40th deployment now, or was this number 39? This was number 39. Okay, so what did you take away from this? I've got uh, new teammates that are coming to the next staging area. Aha, uh-huh. good. You've got your eye on them. It was a very meaningful experience, especially I've not worked with other people, and how quickly we adapted, we overcame. And I said it before, I'll say it again, the state of South Carolina is a little bit better off than we got there. So the one thing that I do want to ask real quick here, though, uh, Megan and Carly, is tell me about this, uh, the Podettes, is it? Is that what it is? What is that? Well, um, initially we were missioned or we were deployed out to South Carolina to um, stand up what's called a pod, which is a point of distribution. So we were getting creative in our small uh, working environment. In the trailer, we decided to become the South Carolina Podettes. I forgot where did it come where did we well there was only two women on this deployment it was just me and carly so okay. so the podettes you you can be found on sun records uh recording out of memphis right and i think your last hit was line em up baby right yep yep <laughs> so the FEMA staging area. that's right <laughs> well you have to have fun while you're out right i right. mean you can't just be all business all the time or else you go crazy Yes. So tell me about the podettes and, and your... Well, we got to sit at the front of the bus, I guess you could say. Um, we were in our own little room um, in, inside the trailer. It was a RV-type trailer. I don't know. We just Whenever we wanted to get away from the, the guys, we just shut the door. <laughs> we said, we don't want to talk to you guys anymore. <laughs> and by the way, you smell. Okay. Right. <laughs> no, everybody in that, the, everyone was coughing and oh, some were yeah. sick. So we said, you know, here's some emergency, passing out the, the emergency mm-hmm. vitamin C for everybody. And mm-hmm. right. Yeah. We just we just had fun and you know it created conversation when people came into the into the trailer and we said what is the podettes we're like well we're managing pods and we're the two only ets so we're the podettes I like that how important was that to have that podettes very important until they we didn't realize how important until they split us up and we're for the last ten days um, we were apart so we were no longer the podettes mm. we're the podette <laughs> so you broke up early in your career you could have had many more hits. Yes. Oh, that's a shame. Well, maybe you can come back for your uh, when you're inducted into the Pod Hall of Fame. <laughs> you can reunite, and it'd be a you can go on tour. Yeah. Right. Sure. <laughs> I like that. I like that idea. So, Carly, when you were there, what were some of the big challenges for you personally? Um, 
I would say kind of having the, the unknown, really, um, whenever we're activated in the SOC, we, um, I talk to Mark all the time. He's out at the staging area, but I've never actually seen one myself. So trying to get wrap my head around um, what it actually was and what it took to put one together, I had no idea. Mm. It was um, just the, like I said, the fear of the unknown. So once I actually saw it come together and saw it personally and um, with you know witnessed it myself then it was a lot of connections were made and i was able to see um oh so this is why this works and how this comes together and how this works and the reporting piece of it was a huge was a huge uh, eye opener for me mm-hmm. what got you through i mean obviously being away uh for two weeks being away from home get a little homesick i'd imagine not so much homesick just uh it seemed like we were gone for a long time longer than two weeks but it was it was the great greatest experience i've i can't remember the last time that i had something that was um very enriching very eye-opening yeah team lead uh it truly was an honor uh we all came together drew andy anthony z mike megan mark i'm so proud of everything they accomplished and carly how can we forget carly and drew and Carly and Drew and Mark and Megan and Z and Andy. And a lot Mike. of names. A lot of names. A lot of people who <laughs> – They did, they it's did a, team. a phenomenal mm-hmm. job. I'm, I was so proud. And, um, and after two weeks, it, it was time to come back home. Yeah. Miss California, huh? All right. So the last thing I want to know – there has to be a good story to tell. There has to be something fun. You guys went out, you had dinner, you maybe had a couple of brewskis. No, Come no on. drinking. There has to be no, a good no story drinking. to tell. No drinking. Don't, don't throw anyone under the bus, but just... Oh, we're not throwing anybody in the bus, but it's a funny story. Okay. On the way home, we had to stop at a CVS for a couple of supplies, you know, just random essentials. Um, and it was me, Megan, uh, Mike, and Andy... And we decided, while Andy runs in the store, we're going to pull away and kind of, like, hide from him. Well, we're, we're parked kind of on the side of the store. Andy comes running out, of the, out, and he starts trying to get into a random person's car thinking it was us. They had the same car, and the lady looks at him, freaked out, and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So then he's saying they're kind of looking around, and then we come up driving. This lady's freaked out. She, it looked like she was trying to get. She was almost carjacked. Now he's in the room, right? Oh, he's right here. Let's get him on the mic. I want to hear about this. How did you feel about this, Andy? Tell me all about it. Well, we were we were all very um, excited about the fact that the deployment was coming to an end soon. Uh, we were getting some last minute things. And uh, we were teasing about, I'm just going to run in. It was raining. I'm just going to run in and run back out. And that was my plan. I ran in. I ran back out. And in the exact spot that these folks had parked was an exact duplicate of the white (laughs) SUV that we had. I started opening up the back door where I had been sitting. And this freaked out woman gets out. And she just starts screaming bloody murder. She was reaching for her purse. And I just backed off. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And these guys come down from the driveway and they look and they had no idea what was going on. Oh, this crazy wow. woman was like screaming at me and I had just this total fear in my eyes. <laughs> you know what? But if they didn't love you, they wouldn't have done that. That's exactly right. That's, That's right. exactly right. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead. I just want to put it on the record. I am the Uno champion. Thank you. Oh, no. Wow. I won four games. She won three. Wait a minute. I think he lost track. There's a discrepancy here. 
she decided to leave early and game continued and some games happened that she just declined to be a part of and i think i it was there were times where it was me and mike playing i won you know two more times so um you're welcome yeah <laughs> there was no collusion in there all right doctor you want to let the emac coordinator win the game won't you? you how many games did she win all of the games. She won all the games. There you go. <laughs> I didn't won one. Nobody else won. Leave it to Dad to uh, do yeah. the coaching. All right. Well, listen, you guys, thanks very much for taking on such short notice, really. I mean, I, I really wanted to get to you before everything sort of became this foggy memory, but Mike Warren, Ron Williams, Anthony Zimmer, Mark Ackerman, Megan Pappas, and Andy... Right off. There you go. And Carly... And Carly and Drew. That's right. Even though they couldn't be here, that's okay. They're all here in spirit. Yes. Well, thanks, everybody. I appreciate you sharing your your stories with us and your lessons learned and all that. And uh, we appreciate the hard work you guys put in. Thanks very much. Um, Just based off of, uh, for everybody, thanks to the SOC support for supporting us while we were away. um, And also to our senior leadership for supporting us as well. Um, We had a lot of support while we were there. And we do appreciate um, all the support and the kind words that were sent to us uh, throughout our deployment. So thank you. You have teams in the field and you have teams here and it's one big team as uh, our beloved director likes to say are you ready all on the same time one two three one team one team five five that's right Mm -hmm. all right guys thanks a lot and that's a wrap for part two of our two-part podcast with the ist recently returned from their deployment to columbia south carolina to help with the response to hurricane florence i want to express my sincere thanks to megan pappas mike warren ron williams anthony zimmer mark ackerman andy langoff and carly landry really enjoyed our time in the studio together and learned a lot from them and i hope you did too be sure to subscribe to all hazards at the itunes or google play stores or anywhere fine podcasts are served also check out this podcast on our cal oes page at oesnews.com oesnews.com we have posted several of the pictures they took during their deployment pretty cool And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to me at questions at caloes.ca.gov. That is questions at caloes.ca.gov. For everyone here at CalOES, I'm Sean Boyd. Take care and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes, along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.